Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. And now, after years of planning, sweating, and going broke, here is the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. And alert the media. Why they would give this man a podcast is anyone's guess. And there is what could only be a bizarre coincidence or something else. Welcome to the Boots and Whiskey podcast with Jim Belial. Trap, drunk, and stupid is no way to go through life, son. Country music and fine moonshine. You look like the vermin-ridden son of a bitch you are. A podcast for every Everyone in the good old USA and all around the world. Over there, over there, send the word, send the word over there. Quality booze and country music at its best. So you're saying, can you set my country music award on fire? The music, nice and loud. What we do is if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Put it up to 11. 11, exactly. You can email the show at bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. That's bootsandwhiskeypodcast at gmail.com. It's just swimming with bow-legged women. All social media can be found at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. The show is great, even if you're sober. Well... My advice to you... Start drinking heavily. Jim loves his music and his whiskey. A real woman could stop you from drinking. It has to be a real big woman. This is the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Great music, great booze, and fun, even for you non-drinkers. Y'all want to drink whiskey? I'd like a Coca-Cola in a clean lab. Finally, a podcast that lets it all hang out. Let's level with America. Got your boots? Ready for some whiskey? These boots are made for walking. One of these days, these boots are gonna walk all over you. And now, the Boots and Whiskey Podcast with Jim Belisle. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Boots and Whiskey Podcast. As always, my name is Jim. I have a very special interview today for you. Um, this one is the one I hyped a lot last week. Um, it's a guy I wanted to interview for a long time. I was able to meet him at Local Country Fest back at the beginning of September. And, you know, full disclosure, him and I have, you know, kind of hit it off really well you know i've kind of built a rapport and a friendship that um i very much appreciate now with that being said this episode you're about to hear is um full business um it is the longest episode to date so i thank you for taking the time and taking a listen um it is going to clock in at about two hours the first hour is going to be all about him and his music and what he's doing and all that. And hour number two, surprisingly, got kind of twisted and went, went a different way than I expected and is kind of about me, which is weird, um, but awesome. Um, there are going to be some things that you're going to hear about in this episode that you may or may not agree with, non-political. Um, it, there are some things in here about the local country scene to Boston and New England in the area. 
Um, and some things may upset you. Some things may um, upset you about him, may upset you about me. Um, full disclosure, um, and you'll hear it, and I talk about it. I am not on anybody's side. Um, everybody that was talked about and discussed, I am a neutral party. Um, I love and care about everybody that I've interviewed and that I am friends with. Um, and like I do in my real life, um, my relationship with certain people doesn't hinder relationships with others based on how they feel about somebody else. I think that's ridiculous. Um, I have plenty of friends that don't like other friends of mine and vice versa. It doesn't mean I'm not friends with those people. Okay. I base everybody by their character and how they have treated me and I will treat them accordingly. Um, you know, if you're nice to me, I'm going to be nice to you. Um, but as I have told everybody, all of these interviews are your time. You say what you want. You don't say what you want. You do whatever you want. Um, Russell James is a very good friend of mine and everybody else that I've talked to is a very good friend of mine. So that being said, I hope you enjoy this interview because it's very fascinating to me. I really enjoyed some insights that I haven't seen haven't heard. Again, I don't give a fuck about what anybody thinks about anybody else. Um, I'm here to promote everybody and to do the best I can. So without further ado, before I get into the episode with Russell James, um, I want to thank American Grit and Grace, Dirt Road Scholar Supply Company, Rowdy Roads, Mitch Max. Mitch Max and I are going to be doing some things, I hope, here soon. Um, so we're going to start pushing his stuff as well. Um, Thank you, everybody, for taking the time to listen. Again, this is a long one. Listen to it in parts. I don't care, but this is an episode you want to hear in its entirety. Um, so, without further ado, my conversation with Mr. Russell James. Enjoy. Hello, Russell. Hey, what's up? <laughs> what's going on? All right, so there's two things you can, you can click on that text. It's weird. Really? Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Good to know. I clicked the bottom one, and all I need to do is click the top. <laughs> cool. Good. Good to know for everybody else. Yeah. Awesome. So what's going on, man? Nothing, dude. Just hanging out. Nice. Thanks. Thanks for being That's on the show. Cold. Appreciate you having me, man. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, uh, this, should, this should be pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's gotta be because I've hyped it up all day. So. You have a lot of pressure. A lot of pressure. I'm, I'm building through it. Yeah. Uh, my wife says, don't be boring. So, yeah, well, I mean, I don't know how you could be. I can be boring. I can I'm be sure. boring. I'm sure. I don't like being boring, but I can be boring. <laughs> I mean, we all can, right? Mm -hmm. So tell me, what do you got going on? What's going on? What are you doing? Just being a dad this week. Music kind of took a backseat this week. Yeah, um, that's okay. That's sometimes it needs to happen. Yes. You need to, to refresh, but I got a lot of other shit going on, so. Yeah, that's um, awesome. Take care of some other business, and uh, we'll hopefully get back into the music stuff next week. Awesome. So what uh, what, do you, what do you got going on music-wise other than, um, you know, you just did a big show for the Cadillac, uh, to open the Cadillac 3 at the at the Dice? Yeah, hold on. My 
the app is saying trying to reconnect. Can you huh. hear me? Yeah, I can hear you just fine. All right, yeah, it came back in. Yeah. All right, sorry, what, what, what was that? Uh, you just played a show at the Dice for, to open the Cadillac 3 show. We did. That was, that was cool, man. I wish you could have been there. Yeah, um, I do too. So that, that's kind of a bucket list venue for me. I mean, it, it's just, it's an iconic venue in the city. So to get the call, I mean, we got last minute call. I think they had a, uh, a last minute cancellation. So I guess, and I'm going to spill the tea. So when I was talking with uh, their roadies and their production manager, they were saying that all their, their whole team requires vaccination. Yeah. And the guy that was opening wasn't vaccinated. Gotcha. So okay. They couldn't bring it. They couldn't bring them to the show. So we got the call and uh, I think we had three days to put something together and uh, we were able to do so. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. you can't, you can't say no to, you know what I mean? No, no. There's, there's a lot of acts that if they call to say, Hey, can you open when we're here? You don't, you don't, you know, short of a, a death or a birth, you don't say no. Exactly. And it's not just playing the venue. It's really making that connection with paradise and crossroads with some of the talent buyers at crossroads. Cause you know, a lot of the acts that you've been talking to, I'm sure, you know, they're they're in sort of a limbo between a cover band and an original band, right? They're trying to play the covers to get the to to get the shows, and then playing original music in their cover shows. Right. You know, this right. the Crossroads Presents guys are like, you know, it's it's original venue. So you know, that's a that's eventually, it's kind of the route we're going with now for the most part. So getting in with them is just huge. Yeah. Hopefully so, we'll be able to do some shows. And, you know, we're looking into the, the Bright Music Hall next year. So. That's awesome. Bright, I've, I'm sure you've been there. I've been there a bunch. seen a bunch yeah. of shows there. Yeah, it's a, it's a cool little spot. Much, you know, much more intimate than a lot of other places. But, um, but yeah, so, so such a great, great spot. Um, so walk me through on, on the band because, you know, we have you... <laughs> As, as you know, everybody else, <laughs> I think, in the city right now has you, you know, billed as Russell James. But based on some of our conversations, it looks like maybe the Scarlet Drive portion is going to be taken over again. Yeah, and you, you kind of have it backwards. Um, oh. A lot of people are, are booking Scarlet Drive. Oh, okay. Because that's, that's where it's been. That's what people are used to. I get yeah. it. Uh, you know, and COVID, Russell James was kind of a, it was a, a COVID child, I guess you okay. could say, right? Okay. We weren't doing anything. I was like, oh, you know what? I'm writing all this music. Let's see what I can do. Uh, it was tough to get the band together, um, you know, over COVID, obviously, for obvious reasons. So I just kind of took some of these songs I was writing and started project managing them with, uh, you know, a couple of producers that are friends of mine that are actually the guitar players in Scarlet Drive. Um, and Russell James was kind of born as the songwriter the current songwriter of, of Scarlet Drive. But um, that's kind of all going away a little bit. And if we're gonna, I'm going to get right into it. Um, Russell James, moving forward, is the brand that is, I'm the songwriter of and singer of Scarlet Drive. Scarlet Drive is where we're going we're gonna to be releasing most of the music. Let's just put it that way. Okay. All right. So now, any, then, so go ahead. That EP that I just released, was kind of a prelude to an eventual album that's coming out for Scarlet Drive, which will have four additional songs on it uh, in like a couple months. 
Awesome. Yeah. That's super cool. So this, the EP that you um, released a few weeks ago, the first part, um, were those songs that you had ever played before with Scarlet Drive or were those all brand new? They were all brand new. All brand new. I mean, it, it made it easy that the producers were also the guitar players, right? So, right, right. you know, the people who had the most work to do is actually Tim, the drummer. Because um, yeah. I had a Nashville session guy work, do the drums on the actual recording. So Tim had to learn all of his beats. Um, you know, I told Tim to do it, you know, do him because every drummer is different. And I wanted right. him to add his own flair to the, to the tracks. But uh, so he had the most work to do. Other than that, it was just, uh, you know, Andrea and we needed to find a, a new bass player because we we uh, we wanted to go that original route. So I had a few guys that I had in mind that I played with over the years that I wanted to ask, invite in to see if they'd be available to, to play with us. You know, and we're not playing a lot. So, um, you know, I ended up finding a guy <clears throat> who, you know, and, I, and I'm lucky to have met the people that I've met. Um, you know, two guys that I had in my mind both I played with in cover bands back in the day, you know, I, I, you know, for handfuls of years, right? So very comfortable with them, you know, consider them actual friends and not just music friends. Um, and, you know, one of them was, was able to, 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 you know, make the commitment. Um, and I'm very fortunate that he, uh, that he was willing to jump in. That's, and it, that's it's, a- it's funny, it's funny though, because at Paradise, he wasn't available. <laughs> so I asked the other guy who, you know, just as good a friend, phenomenal musician, and he was able to pull together all these songs in three days. That's so awesome. That was, that was the other guy who saw the paradise. So I'm lucky so, I get to play with him again, you know? Right. Now, now the guys, in, you know, you have a, you have a backup singer in your band and all that stuff. Um, are they, you know, what do they do when they're not playing with you? Are they, like, I don't know how it works. You guys have an agreement where they can play with whomever they want and do their thing. But if, if you call and say, hey, we have a we have a thing, I need you to drop everything and do that thing. Is that How does that work? What do you mean by backup singer? I, don't, <laughs> don't you have a backup singer? A no. female backup singer? What the hell am I thinking? We, we, don't, we don't say she's a backup singer. She's, oh. She's a lead she, um, gotcha. who, doesn't, who doesn't have leads in the original setting yet. Gotcha. All right. So and what we're so, doing is we're actually writing for her now. I've started writing for her and, and her her voice and it's Andrea and her voice is gonna be her voice and style we're actually gonna do a little more hip hop vibe with her. A little more oh, R and cool. Awesome. So it's uh, yeah, it's awesome. So now I just sound like an asshole. <laughs> no, you're good. I mean <laughs> if you ask her, you know, she was going to be with Russell James, right? right. I mean it was if I was that front, you know, that front brand, you know, they would be background singers for, for Russell James. And it just, I wasn't comfortable with that um, because I know how phenomenal they are and I want to give them leads, um, you know, and, and that's what we're eventually going to do. So we want to get them leads. That's first, uh, that's, that's like priority uh, for next year. Cool. Cool. So for, so for those guys and girls is, Mm -hmm is Scarlet Drive, Russell James, is, that's, is that their main focus or are they able to do other things too? Or do they do other things too? They can, they can do whatever they want, yeah. Um, oh. I mean, they don't. 
you know, the, I think everybody's personal lives is so busy. Right. Uh, that, it, you know, all of us work together very, very well because nobody wants to gig six times, in, six times a month, not even three or four times a month. You know, where, right. you know, everybody's kind of been aligned over the last year to kind of go this original route and start, you know, being very selective with three-hour cover band shows because we're, you know, even me, I mean, I'm getting burnt out with three-hour cover shows. It's, it's a lot of work for not a lot of money, typically, and, you know, that's not who we are. If we're going to be promoting ourselves, we want to promote it with the original music. You know, Right, right, especially because, you know, not for nothing, and I, this isn't me just blowing smoke up your ass, but your original songs are a hell of a lot better than, you know, any cover you could do. Thanks, man. Yeah. yeah I, I, I think they've got a good sound to them. Um, you know, Andrea is actually on the record. So this is the, the, the idea be, behind Russell James and Scarlet Drive and, and us going forward with Scarlet Drive now is, you know, Brian Joyce is one of the guitar players. He was also a producer for a lot of the songs. Adam Cook is the other guitar player. He produced a couple songs on the EP. Um, Andrea is on vocals, background vocals on the actual EP. So it's almost like Scarlett did it anyways. So, and I just, I'm more, I'm more comfortable in a band scenario. I've been in bands, you know, it's never really been a solo act type of deal. And from a promotion point of view, I like, you know, taking a ride with people instead of doing it solo. I think it's a lot more fun that way, especially when I'm, yeah. you know, this old, it's just, it's more fun to bring people along with you. Yeah, absolutely. This old, listen to you. Um, <laughs> you're you're only as old as you want to be. That's what I tell people. Um, yeah, but I get it. Um, so let's let's talk. Let's, if you don't mind, because you know I've talked to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of people. I talk to a lot of local artists. You know, as as you know and have seen. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanna. And I I hate to even say this because I said it to you at local country fest when i when i met you originally um i try not to have a bias about Mm -hmm. who i like more than who or you know whatever because i love you all i really do oh i have a bias well well well, that's okay you can you're not you're not trying to run a show here (laughs) that's true that's true um but for local guys and even you know, the quote unquote, you know, Nashville people that are trying to make a, make a name for themselves. This EP start to finish is my favorite. Thank you, man. Yeah. And I mean that, I, you know, I think, you know, me well enough by now, I'm not going to throw any punches at you because I don't have time for that. (laughs) Um, So heard that, heard that. (laughs) So I kind of, if you don't mind, I want to kind of dig into some of these songs because (laughs) It sound a lot of these songs sound like they're coming from coming from somewhere that I think everybody should write from, and that's either what they've gone through or something personal because I think we all relate to each other, but we just don't say it, right? Yeah. So yeah. And, and yeah, and I'm I'm the kind of writer that uh, I never thought I'd pull like I I, I usually try to make stuff up. Yeah, and I never really thought I'd I'd pull as much as I did with the CP from, you know, just emotion and personal space, but um, it ended up coming out that way, and it's pretty funny. Yeah, because you know it's funny because like when I listen to music, I always try to find where I can relate to the artist or songwriter or whatever, and you know, obviously there's times where you do and times when you don't, 
And mm-hmm. I think there's only one song on this whole on this six song EP that I that for me doesn't resonate, and that's Two Feet because I oh, I, I would have guessed I, Bible Belt. Oh, see, I like that one. I think that's a great tune. Two Feet. I just don't I. I don't get where you're coming from. So do you want to explain two feet to me and everybody else? Because yeah. I, I'm just lost. <laughs> so yeah, two, two feet is kind of a, it's a pop of my first car. Okay. So if you listen to it, you know, it's, it's all about a car. It's a yeah, bunch yeah. of car references, kind of, you know, just cliche car references. But my first car, I actually had to drive with two feet, and it wasn't a manual transmission. Oh, so I wow. actually had I had to like rev the engine and hold the brake at a stoplight, or else the thing would freaking stall on me. That's that's how bad this thing was. Wow, that that, that's weird. where the idea that's where the idea came from, and I I spun it into kind of a you know I did this on my own. Like I'm you know I'm I'm out here doing this, doing what I love, and, and doing things on my own two feet. Gotcha. And, you know, now that you say it and explain it, like I have a much bigger appreciation for the song. Yeah. And I, you know, I never thought I'd write about my first car or anything that personal, but it came out that way where it just, it was such a cool, unique aspect to my earlier life (laughs) back in the late, back in the late 19th century. (laughs) Um, you know, and I, I think, you know, stuff like that is relatable, right? And relatable yeah. is always good from a commercial point of view. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, so I just put put my own spin on it. And then uh, it did not sound like that, you know, with the acoustic scratch uh, when I wrote it. But Brian Joyce, the guitar player, you know, brought that thing to life with such a, a cool little, you know, riff and beat behind it. Mm-hmm. That it just made the song. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it is a great song, and it's been it's been featured on radio stations here, have, hasn't it? Uh, it was on Backyard Country, one hundred one seven. Yeah, that's the only one for now that I know of. Gotcha. Now, but but you guys were featured uh, the local catch for one hundred two five too, right? With Cruiser. That was a long time ago, though. Yeah, but still, we were still we were. relevant. And I, yes, and I, I do need to probably reach out to her again. I love her. She's yeah. she's really. Yeah great about locals um yeah she is she doesn't need to be but she is uh right. which you know just says a lot about her personality but um you know back when we did that it was you know we were singing songs that were a handful of years old and we sang them with different melodies on it if you listen to you know the youtube version of quarters versus the one that we actually um recorded it's completely different yeah that's right. it was kind of a kind of a fun a fun change but uh but yeah, we got to get back on there and do that again. Yeah, definitely. Um, you're, so you're, going, you're pinging, you're pinging my action list. You know, I'm, I'm trying, I'm here for you. You know, I'm here to help <laughs> you. I'm here to help you help me help you. Uh, <laughs> so going down the list, we got kids. I think everybody knows, you know, that feeling, right? That's my, uh, yeah, that's my. I'm old and I want to can't drink like I was when I was 21 anymore. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, um. You know, I'm only a couple of years younger than you, and I can't drink like I could when I was 21 either. Um, <laughs> how, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 35 in March. Okay, that's more than a couple, but okay. Well, well, that's up to you. That's up to you to decide. <laughs> close, close enough. Close enough. <laughs> um, 
heard that, right? You yeah. say that you say that quite a bit, and you, you know you said it out quite a bit to me. You say it, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's kind of become almost like a tagline. Yep, and I stole that from my little brother. Oh, nice. So him and his friends say it all the time, and I I play hockey with those guys um, on Wednesday nights over the summer, and uh, you know someone said, "Dude, you got to write a song." That's such a good a good you know tagline to to kind of resonate with people and for people to say i'm like that's a good idea let's write something stupid about it let's do it and uh, so go ahead go ahead because no, i think i know where you're going no i think no i know where you're going so that, <laughs> i wanted to let you naturally go there no, you, you can ask the question though go ahead um so where does the girlfriend references come out of it is not about my ex-wife so I, I didn't even know you had an ex-wife. <laughs> so we choose the best. Um, yeah, well, yeah. You know, I was married for about a year. A lot of people say it's it's they think it's about my ex, but it was just it, I don't really know how the song came out. I think I had like a couple lines in the chorus first, and I was like, you know what, let's write like a fun breakup song from um, a guy's point of view. Because there's a lot of breakup songs that, from a girl's point of view. Right. I was like, what if, what if a guy wrote about it? I said, you know what? I don't need, I don't need you hanging on my sack anymore. Get out of here. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> that's what I did. <laughs> and the, I, I wasn't even sold on that line either. And I, I, did it at a, uh, I did it at a songwriter night once. The first time I kind of you know, played it for people. And I, I sang that line and I stopped the song and I was like, you know what? I, I'm not really sure about that part, you know, and, you know, got a good chuckle out of people. Um, and everybody was like, you got to keep that part. I was like, okay, good. I was hoping you'd say that because I think it's hilarious and I love singing that part. And if people figure it out, then so be it, you know? Right. You know, and it's funny because I said it to you earlier where it was like, you know, is this really the line or is it just my brain wanting it to be the line? You know? I don't know. It, <laughs> it's know the line, I mean? You're dragging down my sack. Get out of here. Yeah. It's awesome. It's awesome because, you know, whether you're male or female, you have you still have that person in your life that, you know, has, has done that, regardless of, you know, that's what the purpose of the song was or not. But, and it's such a, like, a New England, Massachusetts thing to say, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it sure is. It <laughs> sure is. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make my way to my favorite song of the, uh, of mm-hmm. the EP. Um. And, you know, I've seen you do this live now and you kind of preface it a little bit without getting too into it. But um, you want to dive into what Shaky Ground's about or is that <laughs> still, are we going to keep that to the chest for now? You know, <clears throat> I, I don't really care about keeping this in. You know what I mean? Okay. You know, you, you think about it, and I've done, you know, I've done some songwriter vlogs, video, you know, vlogs. Yeah. Um, about, I did one on Two Feet, and then I did one on Shaky Ground, and the software I was using wouldn't let me publish it for one reason or another. I kept doing it, said something's wrong, something's corrupt, something's corrupt. It wouldn't let me publish the damn thing. So... You're getting the exclusive. Well, here, uh, How's that? We're either going to have a show tomorrow or we're not. So let's, whatever. Well, he doesn't have that kind of clout. <laughs> let's be honest. 
Well, I mean, and I'm going to preface it because I don't want his legal team all over my ass um, that this is all just rumors from an innocent bystander. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Fair enough. Now, and, for, for the record, I don't know this story. Correct, so, you do not. So, so I am also hearing this story for the for the first time in, you know, that's... I tell everybody, this is your hour. This is your time to shine. This is your, you know, bitch session, however you want to do it. I'm yeah. here for you. Yeah, I mean, it's not really a bitch session. It's just, it's just going to be no, like a... It's it's therapy. I'm going to actually, I'll talk a lot about, you know, what I, what I did on the songwriting, the songwriting blog about it. Um, you know, it was a scenario and, you know, you listen to the song, listen to the lyrics, the band names in the dance song. So I can't really hide it very well. You know, Whiskey Six. Um, whiskey's fooled me six times over. It's about Whiskey Six. It's about, you know, one of the guys in that band. And I, I will say this too. I don't have a problem with the band at all. Okay. Um, the, the band is actually, you know, I don't, I don't mind the band at all. I just have a problem with one person in the band who, uh, you know, did something that in my opinion was wrong. Now, some people may, may think it's, you know, and I'm touching on what the song is about, right? Shaky ground. Yeah. There is a scenario that happened where, in my eyes, he broke this unwritten rule. There's a bunch of unwritten rules in, in this industry. He broke mm-hmm. one in my eyes. Some people may think he didn't, right? And, you know, there's going to be people on one side of this coin and on the other. And that's, you know, nobody can really find this common ground on this subject. And that's why the song came about as like shaky ground. You know, some people are going to be for it. Some people are going to be against it. Um, you know, when, if you were diving into it, you know, I heard rumors and I have a lot of friends in this industry. I like to think that I get along with everybody except this one person, uh, JD. And there was a rumor that, you know, he was throwing around some dough to get on, you know, a, a show with Parmalee at the Royale. And that's, you know, that's the information that was slowed down to me, you know, whether it's right or wrong, you know, that's the info that slowed to me. Um, you know, and that's just wrong. Right. You know, that's, it, that's not a good look. Um, you know, especially when a lot of these, these, local artists, you know, are, are trying to make a living doing this. We know he's not, um, you know, he's just, you know, flaunting some money, you know, trying to get on a big show. Um, it's the wrong way to do it. And, you know, I'm sure people do it, but, you know, I found out about it. So, you know, we had, we had some exchanges on, uh, on Facebook um, where, you know, he wanted to try to clear the air with me. And I'm like, well, did you think it was right to do that? And uh, he starts flipping out on me, starts swearing at me, calling me an asshole. Um, you know, so that, that's where this, this the song idea came from. I mean, is whether it's true or not, again, you know, I, I don't want lawyers all over my ass, but um, for slander. But, you know, when you do something like that, you have to think about what precedent you're setting for other acts and other promoters who think they can find a local artist who's going to pay them to, to jump on a show. 
that's going to ruin our industry. Yeah. You know, local artists are, are trying very, very hard uh, to make a name for themselves so they can get asked for these opportunities. Because when you get asked for opportunities like that, it makes you feel so good. All right. And we've, we've been privy to some of these, you know, maybe, maybe some, we don't actually, you know, we, um, maybe some of these shows, you know, we don't play a lot or enough to be asked to do this, but sometimes we do. And it feels so good when you're asked because you're not asking them for anything. They're asking you, right? I mean, right. you're not playing for much, but you're also not paying the venue to play this damn show. Right. So and that's where that shaky ground comes in. It's like, you know, he's, you know, he kept telling me that he, you know, sold the tickets and made the money back. And that was the original idea, which, you know, if that's the case, that's the case. But, you know, if that's the case, ask for the tickets. Don't don't say, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you this amount of money and be done with it, right? Right, right, right. And you know, it's 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 a weird thing, you know, especially for somebody like me, right? Because it's, um, you know, I see and I talk to a lot of local people, right? And a lot of local people doing doing it and grinding and. You know, like you said, this this is their livelihood, right? Yeah. Um, so you know, I'm I'm not taking anybody's side. I'm very Switzerland on this, you know, because because <laughs> I just am. Because you have I, to be. You I have, have to be. <laughs> right. But you know, like if this is a true story, and it and it, you know, I'm not downplaying you. I'm not saying you know. I'm not like I said. I'm not taking anybody's side. But if it's if it's a true story, and I know your character, or I think I've come to know your character enough where you're also not gonna just put out something like this if one it doesn't bother you and two you know you have a lot of integrity and you can see that you can you know you can feel that in the music I I can tell that in the conversations we've had you know so it's you know it bothers me only because I see everybody else trying to make a name for themselves you know the quote-unquote right way you know i don't know the unwritten rules of <laughs> the industry and any of that you know and i probably ask a lot of questions i have no business asking but i'm nosy as fuck and i want to know um, <laughs> but so you, depending on who you ask though you know unwritten rules could be different for everybody right this sure. is just one of those for me is it's a it's a no no because right. not because of you know whether or not you deserve the opportunity. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a no no because of if that gets around, now nobody's going to be able to get something like that without paying for it. Right. Right. And then now nobody nobody benefits. Right. So I'm think I'm thinking of the local scene as it is. Okay. Right. If, if he just if he got the show without this. This, this certain, you know, alleged aspect of it, fine. Right. Do you, do you think? Yeah, hell yeah. You know, and I heard they, they brought a bunch of people to that show. Like, they, they did their job, but, you know, it, it was just how they how they got into it that uh, that kind of irked me, you know, from the information that was given to me anyway. Right. Now, let, let me ask you that question because I don't know, right? Um, mm -hmm. When you're in that situation, like for you guys opening for Cadillac 3, is there like a caveat where it's like, 
hey, you need to, we need you to try to get X amount of people to buy tickets to get in the door. No, it wasn't for Cadillac 3. But is, is, there at, is there in some cases? Well, that's an unwritten rule. Okay. So, you know, for situations like those where you're supporting a, another act, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll speak specifically for Cadillac 3. Um, okay. You know, we, we got the show asked the opportunity three days before the show. And, um, you know, I was told flat out that the guy needed help selling the event you know and i knew there'd be a lot of a lot of walk-ins um yeah. just because of covid just because of covid it's, it's tough and paradise had some some rules on the website that were kind of unclear um you know more rules coming down the road uh but but yes there is a there's an unwritten aspect of when you jump on a show you want to help ticket sales i mean that's why in my eyes you're given the opportunity because you have a fan base and people want to come see you and you can push to your fan base to get people in the door. It, it's all right. about money, man. It's all about money. Oh, yeah. selling, out event, selling out a venue looks awesome on the venue. It looks awesome on the local artists as well. So, right. you know, that's, that's a twofold bonus. Um, tough to invite people on a three day notice. Right. So I think, and paradise was very good about understanding that, which is what I loved working with them. Right. Uh, you know, I, I loved working with them about that. You know, they were, I was under the impression that we were kind of stressed and needed to bring in some, some people, but um, he was like, no, I understand that it's, you know, it's, it's short, you know, you're, you're not getting a lot of time here. So, uh, you know, as much as you can do, you know, we can, we can promote the hell out of it. We can't make people come back. You know what I mean? Right. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so yeah, that's, that's a crazy story. That's, that, and I, I thank you for sharing your story and, in full for the for the first time for everybody here. No, oh, good man. Um, you know, it'll probably get me in a little trouble with some people. I know he does. You know, all those shows at Calhoun for the Cancer Society, and again, I have no problem with the band. I love what they're doing for that. They've been doing really well with it. Um, I just, you know, I, he rubs me the wrong way. So there you go. That's uh, that's it. And you know, when you mentioned kind of the integrity piece of it, like just just as an idea, like you know. We try to book and we want to, we want to bring a hundred percent to every show. Right. So I've actually pushed out, you know, some longer shows because we're not going to be ready for them and we could be, and we, it would be a mess of a show, but in my eyes, you know, if they're, they're paying us and we're out there on stage, we want to be our best. And, right. you know, that's, that's just who I am. That's, that's who I'll always be. So, um, you know, that, yeah, that's, that's the long and short of it. Yeah. Um, so, so the next song, it sound it's almost like you had back to back run-ins with people, um, <laughs> with, uh, <laughs> you know, with big, uh, big bridges, mm-hmm. which, which is a term I haven't heard since I was like eight years old. So it was awesome. <laughs> Um, <laughs> very country. I mean, in my eyes, it's very country saying, very southern kind of, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're it's absolutely a good, right. It's a good song. Yeah, and it's you know again one of my favorites on the on the EP. Um, so, is there a story there, or is that story not ready for primetime players? There's a story. It's, it's not a huge story. Um, 
you know, I can't, I'm not going to name names on this one, but, uh, you know, if you listen to the lyrics, you know, the first couple lines, you know, I'm a fly on the wall listening to all the bickering. Um, I'm a guy in the stall, like in a bathroom stall, who's got yeah. his feet up, you know, listening to the whispering. You know, it's like I, like I said, I, I know a lot of people and I'm very comfortable to talk to. I think you know that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah. conversations we've already had. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm very influential with, with getting people to kind of break out and just kind of confide. Right. Right. You know, it's, it's so, funny you say that because, you know, I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm like, this dude's probably so annoyed with me texting him every other day, just being like, hey, what's going on? <laughs> no, no, I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, but you know this this song is just you know there are some stories that I heard uh, you know that <laughs> I don't know how much I want to dialogue. No, no, that's okay. That's uh, okay. You don't have to say it's, anything. It's, I mean, yeah, it's another local artist, but you know this is again it comes from like kind of an emotional deal and where you know I've been in this industry for uh, I don't even want to say the amount of time. Uh, it was 2021, so almost 20 years. And when in and think that they are superstars after one or two years and starting to give other people advice that have been in the industry for 20 to 25 years, just shut up. Yeah, let's just put it that way. All right, people yeah. in this industry, they're not in this industry for 20 years without figuring something out right. and doing what works for them. Uh, so let, let other people do them and, and you do you. So that, that was kind of the, the idea for that. Um, and we wanted to put kind of this cool bluesy, uh, you know, aspect to it. And what I love about this is the the really cool background vocal uh, melodies? It's yeah. just really fun to sing. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I actually wish I was singing the background vocals more than I, I was singing the, the the lead books. But you know, Andrea's on this one too. She's she's doing background vocals on the record. Um, yeah, it's it's just a it's just a fun another dumb song, you know. Well, you want to know why I think I like this song so much, and and I think a lot of it is based solely on what I've been trying to do with this with this podcast and you know what I've been trying to do for the locals and the up and comers and all that is that I can't tell you how many, I'm not going to name, I'm not going to name names and point fingers, but how many times I've been told by, you know, different artists or bands, it's like, Oh, well, have you talked to so-and-so and and what have they said to you? Because this is what they've said to us about (laughs) whatever, you know, like it's, it's kind of like funny because it's, you know, and I say it all the time, you guys are really close knit, but I think it's like every close knit family where there's, you know, there's always those offshoot like whispers of like, you know, <laughs> of whatever. Oh, God, yeah, because everybody's so competitive. Right. And, you, you know, know I mean, it's, it's just it's just like real life where like the majority of the world loves to see people fall rather than they see them rise. It's the same with the local music scene. You know, if you're lucky enough to have some really good friends in the industry, good. Cause then they'll help you through it. They won't, you know, laugh when you fall. Right. But most of us are like, all, you know, behind the scenes and nobody will tell you this. Most of the behind the scenes are like, Oh, why they get that gig. Right. I wonder, well, I wonder, or stuff like that. You know I mean? Even, you know, when we pulled the Michael Ray show out of my ass, I don't know how we did that. Even the Cadillac Free show, 
you know, I'm sure people in the background were like, oh, they haven't done anything all year. Why'd they get those shows? It's like, because we deserve it, bitch. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, my, that's, that's how I, that's how I feel. I think we, you know, we've done our diligence. I've been working my ass off writing and producing these songs and, you know, trying to project manage all these things to get, actually have new material to, to, to show everybody, you know, it's, it's crazy. You know, and it, and it's funny because it's like, you know, I haven't reached out to, you know, he, you know, heavy, heavy hitters yet or anything, because I still feel like I'm, that's not my one, my place. And two, like, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm very, you know, I wish I was, you know, I wish I, wish I could just dial up Luke Combs tomorrow and be like, Hey bro, can you be on my podcast next week? And he'd be like, yeah, sure. No problem. Um, but like, that's I'm sure problem. you'll get there, but yeah, you got to start somewhere. Right. right and right. At and least you're seeing the numbers, right? You're seeing the numbers go up. Yeah, oh yeah, um, yeah. Every, every show that I put out, every, you know, and, it, and it, you know, let's be real. Like, it really depends on the artist, too, right? You know, and okay, how agree, much, agree. you know, and how also much. bring to the table, yeah. It's right, just like a show, man. It's just right, like a show. Right. Looking artists, yeah. are they going to be able to bring their crowd and bring their people to, to see it and check it out? Right. And, you know, it, and it, you only hope that those people will then share and then those people will share and then those people will share. And, right. and then there you go. Then you get yourself a brand. And that's that's kind of what everybody's fighting. Right. And and, you know, it's funny because, you know, when I started this thing, you know, it was a goof. You know, I, I didn't really expect much out of it. You know, I wanted to just talk about country music and whiskey and I was sick of talking to myself. So I was like, I wonder <laughs> if other people want to talk about themselves and much to my surprise, they do. Yeah, every <laughs> local artist wants to talk about themselves. Man. Right, and that's, that's, that's great. It's all about what it is. But like, all, you know, it's all self-promotion, yeah. But you know, I can't, I can't, you know, and, I, and I've been no stranger to this because I've said it on many episodes. Um, you know, some of the people that I've reached out to and the pushback and the, the unwillingness to commit to anything or talk or whatever has just been like, you know, mind blowing. It's like I'm not the fucking CIA. I'm not going to tell you secrets. I just want to see if you want to promote yourself for free. <laughs> like, no, true. Oh, okay. Well, it, true, but you know that's unfortunately it's part of the biz, right? And you know you got to have some thick skin, even when you're an artist or a podcasting host, right? You're going to ask for gigs, uh, and you're going to get shut down 80 percent of the time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's all about what you do with the gigs that you have and with the network, uh, the networking abilities that you have. To you know, to make that next show even bigger and better, um, but you have to have a product, right? And you're you're slowly building a great product. So, you know, we for Scarlet Drive, we haven't had a product out there since Jesus. Uh, I forget when our last release was, eighteen maybe. Right. Um, and that was just you know a few singles. Um, you know, it's 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 time to start just putting it all out there. And, and I don't want to do just singles, man. Everybody's doing just singles now. I right, hate that. Right. Right. That's the big you know, thing. There's no albums anymore. Yeah. That's, that's, I like being different. So, you know, getting an album out there, first of all, it's kind of an album that we can now promote and say, this is who we are. Right. No, I know it's not going to do anything huge, but at least gets us a product that we can promote and market that's new and fresh so that we can start building an audience for the next release. Right. So that's, that's what you really have to think about. Um, and what you're doing, the way you're turning things around and, and getting all these artists now, I mean, you're going to be, 
you're going to be pretty big in the in the New England area in the, in the near future. I know. It. I mean, I I appreciate you saying that, and you know that's kind of a hope. You know, like you got to get people to open up like me. You know, tell tell their war stories, tell some, you know, get in trouble. <laughs> right, exactly, and you know that's the thing where you know I tell I tell my guests all the time, like tell be you, because the the fans that listen to your stuff, you know, they'll connect better with the music if they know where it's actually coming from. True. You know, but I will say this, me writing songs about my hatred for people is not usually me. That's not typically my MO. Um, I'm very, you know, I'm, my personality, I'm, I'm very open and honest with people. But I also love to talk and love to chat and love to meet new people. But if you just, if you rub me the wrong way, I'm not going to be fake about it. So, right. you know, take that, take that as it will. You know, the right. next, the next slew of songs that's coming out is all just beer and party songs. Just that's I awesome. That's more fun. That, that I, those I can't wait for either. The, well, the, you know, the, if I, let me just kind of go on a, a little extra line here just for a minute. Sure. When I wrote these songs, and there's a couple that are on the, the new one coming out, uh, even the, the additional four that we're adding to make this a full album, they are just there's a couple more disc tracks. <laughs> <laughs> of local um, artists or just Not of local artists, though, just in general. Um, but the original idea for the album, the, the concept of the album was kind of this you know, my original title for it was excommunicated, mm-hmm. right? Because I, I knew that it was going to ruffle some feathers, especially when people found out actually what the songs were about or who they were about. Um, and, you know, with Bible Belt being the first one that I released, like I had fully expected Bible Belt to be, you know, song number one and the rest to follow with some diss tracks in there and just kind of an excommunication deal, you know, excommunication, Bible Belt, and blah, blah. Yeah. Right. What a lot has happened since then. <laughs> <laughs> where you know bible belt didn't do very well um you know maybe the dp dp's not not doing huge strains right like like i said I'm, I'm still a small player i'm not on any big playlists i think um you know, only one one song has over 200 streams since it uh since it released so it, you know people aren't streaming it it doesn't mean i'm not proud of it um but it just means i need to you know, I'm lacking in the promotional department. And people have told me that uh, recently, actually, um, that I suck at it and I need to do more. But I just, I don't know, I don't have the time right now. I'm waiting for that full album to, to, to drop before I do some major promotion on it. But uh, I don't know where I was going with that. I told you it was, a, it was like a tangential line there. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, yeah, that's, uh, it's this, this kind of slew of songs, this, you know, and to be real, I even do some diss tracks about myself too. So it's, I got two coming out on the next album that I pushed from this album because they're funny, make fun of myself songs. So nice. I do that too, everybody. I don't just dash on other people. That's not, yeah, that's I not mean, what I like to do. You know, it is what it is. <laughs> um, so speaking of Bible Belt and that being the last song that is on this EP, um, you know, this is this song has been out for a, for a little while. Mm-hmm. Um, so where does where does the whole premise come from? There really was no, 
you know, huge aha moment for the song. It was kind of a, you know, I started writing and trying different styles of writing. And this is a really boring story, but, you know, I wanted to do some sort of like descriptive write instead of just a story. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, I focused on a word um, and belt happened to be that word. And it spawned from there. I was like, okay, so let's write about a belt. Like, what? oh, well, I guess we could be controversial and say we're hitting our kids. Okay, cool. Uh, but we're not hitting our kids. It's, it's all metaphorical. Right. Um, you know, and I just kind of did a script to write about how much I could write about a belt and kind of turn that into a, kind of a, a Southern rock song. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I think it's a great Southern rock song because you're absolutely right. It's very descriptive. It gives you... You know, it gives you a sense like, oh, you know what you're talking about. Like, it sounds like something you've been through, you know, and it's, it's, I think it's, I think it's really well done. I appreciate that. Uh, my family would disagree with you. They don't understand the song. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. I didn't understand two feet. So, you know, there See, we go. My, my mother had no idea what the song was about. So like, I think she still doesn't. It's, it's a rat. And I'm like, yeah. you know, mom, don't worry, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't forget about it. It's, it's, right. it's okay. It's, um, it's, it's you know, it's hilarious. I just laugh about it. Um, you know, but but some people are like that. They 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 don't want to dive too much into a song and that makes them think too much, right? right? So you have to learn your audience. So some people really like that song, and some people really don't. Um, some people like it because of the musical production nature of it. It's very rock, very kind of in your face. Um, the people that are, are leaning more towards it's not my favorite are the ones that don't really understand the lyrics um, mm -hmm. or to Karen and take the lyrics a little too personal. It's, it's all just a joke. I mean, it's, it's just supposed to be fun. You know, even in the line, it says, you know, it's an old way of living. It happened a long time ago. That, that, right. that doesn't happen anymore. So, you know, I thought it was the production on it. And Adam, actually, the guitar player in Scarlet Drive, produced that one. He was the first one to produce uh, a song for him. And he, he's, a, he's a hammer at guitar. He, he crushed it. Um, you know, he really produced it in a way that I thought it should be produced. You know, the, the kind of the sound behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we just rip it. We rip it live. Awesome. Yeah, I mean, you really do. You know, uh, I mean, again, I, I try not to have a bias, but you know what? <laughs> I don't know what it is about you and your music and your band, but I, ha I have a little bit of uh, a local artist bias to you guys. And you know what? It's um, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm saying it out loud, so it's like get high. I love it. I love it. I love it. You know, oh, what? and it it really is like a a mix. I've heard people say it's a it's a mix of Nickelback uh, and Aldine. <laughs> Oh, you just said the N word. <laughs> oh. I know. <laughs> I, uh, well, I take it back. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they hear Nickelback out of it. But I don't fine. either. I love Nickelback. Uh, I, I know, was, I'm, in the, I'm the generation that loved rock into them. Yeah, you know, it, but I think Nickelback is one of those things where, like, that's everybody's guilty pleasure band, and they just don't want to admit it. Yeah, I agree. You know, because in the bandwagon, because everybody, right. you know, because the, the majority of mainstream people don't like them for some reason. Right. You know, it's funny because my wife's cousin loves Nickelback and it's like no bones about it. And he's like, you're going to come with me when I go see him. I'm like, yeah, hell yeah. Like, <laughs> why wouldn't I? But um, 
So, so let's talk a little bit here before, you know, before our, our time is over. Um, we only have an hour for this? Well, no, we, we can have all fucking night. I don't care. But, I, <laughs> I, yeah, you know, I've already, I've already, all right, all right, that's fine. Um, okay. I've already, I've already warned all of your, your loved ones to, you know, don't, don't wait. So it's, <laughs> it's all good. Um, so let's talk about you guys get you and the band have some pretty, you know, to me, big ass shows coming up with opening for Michael Ray two weeks from tonight at six string. Mm-hmm. See how I see how I plug that a little bit, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. which I will my me and my lovely wife will be in attendance to thanks to country 1025. So we're going to go mm-hmm. and nice. I'm going to uh, review the show after and do all the do all the official things. So um i've already been warned by my wife i'm not allowed to drink or drink heavily so we'll, <laughs> we'll see how long that lasts because six strings only like 25 minutes from here so yeah I, I won't i won't help you on that yeah okay thanks i'll, I'll um, be the i'll be the opposite of a helper on that one that's that's fine then you know what whatever i'll <laughs> whatever whatever <laughs> um and then you have urban country jam coming up what the week after that yeah the 21st yeah, yeah, yeah. That's going to be a lot of fun. I'll also be there covering that, thanks to Urban Country Jam and Lauren Davidson and all those fine yeah. people. Yeah, they're really the female-dominated lineup, um, especially for the full band stuff. Yeah, and I love that. I love it because these these women are are pretty awesome. You got, uh, I think April's doing it, uh, Annie's doing it, and Gabby Patrice, a Nashville singer songwriter is going to be on the songwriter mr daniel miller who yeah I freaking love that guy yeah you know i i you know i'm sure you've gone through but you know i stumbled across uh daniel miller because of this show and talked to him and you know i i became an instant like huge fan of his like overnight because it was just like damn these songs are good but this is your show this is we should have that conversation another no, time it's fine. No, it's um, fine. um yeah it's, it's gonna be you know it's i'm just doing the songwriter around as russell james um you know i've got some fun songs i'm gonna i think debut you know depending on how much i rehearse them uh yeah should be should be fun i, yeah. I you know i've tried to write like an emo, emotional songs you know, like love songs and stuff. It's just, I'm not good at it. So I write the dumb shit. You'll, you'll know with, with the next slew of songs that come out, that they're all, you know, they have a lot of my beer in the title. A lot of them are, are, dad, are like dad songs. I should call it like the dad chronicles or something. You know, you should, because, you know, that's, that's always been my biggest complaint with music in general, you know, not just country music, but there's no, you know, being a dad myself, there's there's not a lot of, dad songs it's not a lot about dads loving their kids or loving their what you know it's always you know very cliche the the beer and the pickup truck and you know all that stuff so it's you know well, the, okay let me let me rephrase then <laughs> oh okay all right now, now we're gonna, now we're gonna dad, dad songs meaning old guy songs <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm at that point where I can relate to that too, I guess. Yeah. Um, but no, but yeah, but even that, you know, it's, you know, you say. Go ahead, sir. I was gonna say you say old guy songs, but I think it's just the collective feeling that, 
you know, guys with, a, you know, wives or kids and a career and all that, like, like get and understand, but like, we still live in a culture where we're really not allowed to talk about it. Correct. It, yeah. It's, I think it's a lot of, you know, how you feel when you, you party when you're old and right. the stuff that is more important to you now than when you were like early twenties. Right. In a, in a fun way. Like I, I hope people get these things because I, I laugh my ass off when I'm singing them. Um, right now, uh, quick, quick story, quick side sidebar. The drummer on the EP and who was eventually on all the songs for the album is a Nashville session guy. And he's a producer as well. So I'm a, I'm a process engineer, quality engineer by trade. Yeah. Uh, so I like to figure out different ways of how to get something done. Right. So for the album, it was, let's see if I can project manage where I have all the instruments coming from my production, my producers, my friends, my guitar players. And then I'm going to help uh, a session drummer, you know, replace the sample drums that were on it to get that real feel. And then I'll, I'll use a Nashville mix engineer and see what that process is all about. Now, I, uh, it's a different process where I have the actual song written and, um, you know, an acoustic track down with scratch vocals, the idea essentially. And I've sent it to the drummer because I love working with this guy. This guy is phenomenal. Great drummer, but just very easy to work with. Yeah. And his turnaround time is ridiculous. So um, can I name drop him here or no? Sure, I'll get uh, his name is Grady Saxman, and he owns Saxman, if anybody's looking for a producer. But, you know, he, he looped me remote with all his players for the song. And it was just an awesome experience. You know, now he's producing it and mixing it, you know, getting it ready for me to, to do my vocals up here in my, in my house. And it's just a really cool way of doing things. I'm paying it up the ass for it, but you know, right. it, uh, I just love the creative process, you know, that I'm using for this song versus, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that's going to come down the pipeline as far as that. It's all different and it's all just really fun. That's my favorite part of it is just project managing it. Nice. And seeing it, seeing it all come together. Because, I mean, you think about it, I'm doing the acoustic and vocals with the melody. You know, in a week, it could have full production behind it. With sample drums. Another week, it could be full drums giving it more life. Another week, it's all mixed and ready to go. You know what I mean? Right. So it's right. just it's really cool to see the progression. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that that's you know, I've seen things you know with other bands and stuff where they do kind of that sort of you know, video vlog, you know, start from the beginning and then here it is at the end, and it, you know, it's really fascinating to watch because you. You know, for non-singer songwriters, I think we think it as, you know, oh, you, you know, you wrote this song Tuesday and you're ready to play it on Thursday, you know, but that's not the way it is. Correct. And, you know, everybody's different. Everybody's got their opinion on how it should be done, right? From a band point of view, all the earlier stuff that we were doing, you know, they were released back in 18, 17. It was all the band would go into the studio. And, and it would come alive that way. 
COVID kind of kind of put the kibosh on that. And you know, this is kind of where Russell James came out. It was it was a you know, I gotta get stuff done. I have this creative part of me that that this creative scratch I have to itch. And if I don't do it now, I never will. Cause I'm, you know, again, I'm, I'm getting up there in age and I've been doing this for a very long time. I don't have a lot, a lot of time left. I just want to get it all out there and see what happens. But, you know, from, some people would say, oh, well, the whole band needs to get into the studio or it's not a band, blah, blah. I'm sure you'll have that side of the coin. For me, it's like, well, now that we have new players that are actually in the band, they're actually doing all the instruments anyways. Like it's almost the same. And then, you know, we're just not all going into a studio together and doing it. We're doing it in pieces. Right. Um, which is much more efficient now. Right. For me, yep. it was, I started doing Russell James because I knew I could get things done fast. Right. Instead of turning around time, you know, one song every year or two, it was, I could potentially get, you know, 10 songs done in a year. Right. You know, as long as I had, you know, I wasn't going broke, you know, putting me and my wife in the poorhouse. Right. Right, right. Um, you know, as long as Bitcoin keeps going up, man, I'm, uh, you know, I'll be releasing songs <laughs> for a couple, of years, a couple of years. Uh, but you know, that's it's just it's just been fun that way, and being able to be able to get shit done quick is, you know, in this industry, you got to get things done fast. And the way that I've learned to do it is to remote in with natural session guys that are just doing this for a living and they can get it done in, in a matter of hours. Yeah, and I mean, I, I would assume, I mean, I don't know, right? But I would assume that doing it that way is a little more cost efficient than, you know, getting the band all to travel to Nashville for a week or a weekend or whatever it is, and then doing it and then getting back home, too. True, unless you grab the studio around here. Right, um, right. But yes, it's it's preference, to be honest. Some people right. prefer to have the whole band in there for all their creative input. Um, right. I don't feel as bad because of the iteration of the band now, you know, with right. the two guitar players being my producers, they actually had all the input. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then Andrea's coming in and, and, you know, getting her, putting her spin on, on the harmony part of it. Um, it's just worked and it's, we've been able to kind of push that. So I'm going to continue to do so. Right. But, you know, at some point, I'm not going to have the funds to be able to, to mix and master these. So, I, you know, we're going to be doing something a little different. Uh, and I'm excited because the guitar players are actually going to start doing that, I think. And they're excited to learn how to do it and, and put out some cool stuff. So, um, you know, it'll lighten my wallet a little bit. And, uh, you know, it'll, it'll bring them a little bit more into the creative process uh, from a, a final product point of view. It'll be awesome. good. It's another, it's another process that I'm going to have to learn and go through. And it's going to be awesome. I love that shit. Yeah, absolutely. Now, once, once all, once the, you know, the album in full is done and released and all that, that you got, are you going to push to do more shows, more live shows, or are you going to stick with the schedule that you have? No, we're going to stick with the schedule we got. Nice. Um, you know, we, over the last few years, we've learned that if you're going to get an opportunity like a good one, it's going to come within a couple months, right? Maybe yeah. even a month. Um, you know, every opportunity we've gotten, like the Mike Array, like the like the Cadillac Three, um, you know, they've it's it's pretty quick turnaround. The I mean, schedule has to really be open. Um, 
I like that. I don't like gigging three, four times a month. I got too many other things going on, as does everybody else in the band. Everybody's got, you know, families, wives, husbands, kids, full-time jobs. Um, you know, we do this for, for fun. Uh, you know, we're certainly not breaking the bank money-wise, you know, with some of these shows, especially the, the big opportunity ones. They're usually for light money. Yeah. Uh, but it's, you know, it's the opportunity to put your music in front of, you know, a national artist team and an audience. Let's, let's be honest. I mean, you're, you're playing an all original show. Michael Ray is going to be an all original show, 30 minutes in front of what is probably going to be a damn good crowd at Sixer. So, right. Like, yeah, and sellout Cadillac if 3, not close to, right. Exactly. And Cadillac three, you know, while not a sellout, you know, I think Paradise Ho holds just less than a thousand. Um, you know, they still had seven, 800 people in that place. So, right. And that place is like, it feels small on the inside. So you're, right. you know, you're playing that many people. It just, it feels huge. And that's a different crowd. The crowds that are going to go to, to Bright Music Hall, Paradise, Hustle Blues, um, are, are completely different crowds that are going to Six String and Loretta's yeah, yeah. and all these other places, right, that are historically cover band venues. People just want to go and, and dance to songs they know. Right. Right. You're playing so, to a more or less a younger crowd, not not to sit, you know what I mean? Those college kids that, you know, want to go out for the night. Yeah. And while that's fun, um, you know, it's just it, the positives of it is that it gets your band name out there or your artist name out there, it gets your brand out there as much as people will remember you, right? If they're not blackout. Right, they're 21, 23 years old. Right. Um, so, you know, once every once in a while, it's, it could be beneficial to you. But, you know, we're starting to, to kind of take a back seat on those just because it's, we're going to have enough material to do an hour and a half, two hour show, uh, you know, all originals. You know, and I, we understand that we're probably going to have to throw some covers in there eventually. And, I think we booked six string in March of next year and that'll be, you know, majority covers just, just a party and, you know, have a good time. Keep, keep our chops up. Um, oh, that's, that's good to know because that, that'll be good for my birthday. That'll be my birthday excuse. March 12th, I think. Well, I mean, yeah, I can celebrate a week or two late. That's fine. Are you early March? Yeah, I'm early March, March yeah. 4. 4, okay, nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so I yeah, was able. Um, I was able to go out for my birthday, and then the world shut down. And then oh, that was a lot of fun. Ugh. But yeah, that we're not talking about that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But that's uh, that's long and short of it. You know, it's we're seeing a lot more opportunities with some original venues, so we're going to explore those. But again, for me, and you know, whoever you talk to, you know, your answer might be different. But for me. If I'm playing all original shows twice a month in the same area, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Right. Cause people want something fresh and new. Um, so I'll probably look at maybe one original show every three months. Uh, you know, that way we can kind of dedicate the show to a specific audience. And, you know, at that point people will, will hopefully want to come out and see us again. Maybe we'll have a couple new tunes. Um, you know, maybe different venues, different, different areas, uh, you know, that type of thing. You know, we're, my mindset, Jim, is 
I'm kind of not expecting Nashville fame. Right. I just want to make a fun name for myself in the New England area. You know, Scarlet Drive, we want to make a great brand name for ourselves in the area as a great original band. You know, maybe, you know, try to go after some licensing opportunities or, you know, some songwriting publishing deals, something like that. You know, just just for fun, just to just to scratch that creative itch and have some fun shows in the area with some with some of our friends. That's 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 pretty much our goal. Yeah, no, and that, you know that's not a bad girl, uh, bad goal to have, at all. Yeah. You know because, you know you. It's, it's realistic, is what right? It is. Right. I think I think we could get, you know, in the next five years or so, we could, you know, we could hopefully do really really good things with the original scene in New England. And yeah. that's that's where we're at, you know. Yeah, I mean, it's you know, you guys really, you know, I I told you you know, off the record that, you know, I thought you, I thought you should be doing certain things that you weren't at the time. And, you know, here, here we are, you know, if you can continue to kill and play those original shows and all that, I, th- I think, you know, people will come, you know, and especially because, you know, the songs are good and you guys are a lot of fun. Thanks, man. I appreciate yeah. that. We yeah. have fun, man. There's no, there's nothing like playing, a song that everybody in the band loves to play because it shows right. and, and you know the energy in the band collectively you know we all know each other on playing these songs you know nothing beats it and that energy feeds off into a crowd um, you know that's why I love the band aspect when, you, when you're a solo artist I feel like sometimes you're playing with you know you're hiring people that you can learn the song outright and there's no real stage dynamic sometimes, you know, that's, that stuff's not, it, it doesn't come with the territory yet. You know, we've played with these people for, for years, you know, that's to me, there's, there's nothing like that comfort of playing with your friends on stage. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I of, can't even imagine trust, what that would be like. Yeah. I mean, a lot of trust comes with that. You know what I mean? Right. Right, because you know you're trusting somebody with, you know what if you write the songs and you have an image, you know that you want that image and that song to be. Right, but you're also hanging with them all the time. Like, right, we're hanging with the families. We're hanging with, you know, backstage. We're hanging when we're creating the music. You know, we're hanging just on off music nights. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Fun. You know, at this point, this stage of the game, if it's not fun, get out. Right. Right. If you're not having fun, what are you doing? Exactly, which is another reason why those three-hour gigs are, are might be going, you know, are, are going to be limited. You know, they're they're fun to a point, but they're just exhausting uh, for little to no value, to be honest. I'm, right. I'm, I'm a very value-added type of person right now. Well, yeah, I mean, you got to. I mean, especially with you know, you, you know, for what you have and what you have going on, like you have a like you have a life outside of your music and that's totally okay and acceptable. And, you know, if people don't like that, then too bad. I do, which is taking up all my time this week. Right. And, but you know, it is what it is. Agree. Which is stupid because, so let me talk about that for a little bit. Right. Let me, let me do a little self-promotion on that end. Yeah. So I, I own a fishing brand, like a bass fishing brand that I'm trying to, push 
nationally, which it actually is already national, but I'm trying to expand it nationally. Yeah. Um, and I don't promote my music to that brand. <laughs> right. But that... I, because I, I feel bad. I feel like it's a conflict of interest. <laughs> but I probably should. Right. A lot of the guys, you know, I've got a, a great following down south, um, Alabama and Georgia. They do a bunch of events. Uh, you know, I manage a bunch of events down there. Like, why not market the music down there? I mean, the directors and my, my buddies down there know it, but I don't promote down there. And it's just stupid that I don't. Right. I probably should. Right. You probably should. You're, you're probably sitting on a gold mine that you don't even, you're not even tapped into. Right. Right. Yeah. I'll, I'll wait till my members, you know, my membership numbers, you know, reach a certain peak and then I'll, I'll start pushing because then yeah. hopefully I'll get over 200 streams of a song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it's one of those things where it's, you know, it's funny because it's like, you know, I try not to look at the numbers on my end for, for what I'm doing because sometimes it can get discouraging. Um, but then oh, it's brutal, like, dude. right. Yeah, it's brutal. especially because it's like, you know, you know, I know, I know social media isn't the be all and end all, but when you're doing something like this, it almost is, I you know, know. And, yeah. and then I see, you know, my see my followers on Instagram and it's like, you know, oh, 1.3 or 1.2 or whatever the hell it is. And then I look at, you know, like Twitter and it's like 300 <laughs> or it's, you know, Facebook, it's like, oh, 200, you know, it's like where, where the disconnect is and, and all that, it, it, you know, it's funny. And then because it's like, I know, you know, I'm not, I'm not trying, you know, to think that, you know, this, this podcast is, is, you know, reaching the masses and the millions, but, you know, for the amount of followers I have, you know, to the, to the amount of downloads and listens, like they're not coincide <laughs> coinciding yeah, you know uh, i know it. i know not well, everybody listen, listens to it. right well listen to this how long how long has boots and whiskey podcast been on instagram um we've been on instagram as a page since june how long have since we been june. pushed how long but how long have we been pushing is a different story that's only been about oh god uh, when i was on vacation in august so mid-august maybe beginning yeah, of you, august you, so you've had the page since June, and you have yeah. how many how many followers? One point three. I think it's I think it was like one point three the last time I looked. Okay. Scarlet Drive to. has been together since two thousand and nine, and we have less than you. I'm not. Yeah, but I'm also. So you're doing yeah. something right. I That's guess. what I'm saying. I'm trying to I'm trying to pump your own horn here. Well, I, I you're appreciate jump, it. You're jumping quick, and that's I good. It. You know, but I try to keep the present, you know, because I also know that if I if I don't post something that I regularly do for a day, you know, come tomorrow, it you know, you you lose the algorithm. Correct. And that's what I don't understand. And that's why we don't get a, the reach that we should because right. we don't follow that algorithm. We're not posting every day. Right. Um, you know, because so, it's yeah. funny, you know, my wife busts my balls and my, even my parents are like, do you work at work? And I was like, yeah, I go, but you know, I have enough downtime where to post something isn't, doesn't take me all day. It takes five minutes, you know, and I've right. also learned to space them out a little more throughout the day rather than when I get up, get to work, do all my posting at once. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you stay at the top of the top of the top of the feed. Yeah. yeah. How many Instagrams do you have? Just the one? I have this one, and then I have well, my personal. You own personal, yeah, because you follow me. Yeah, but my, my personal pushing, life. Yeah. So you're only pushing the Boots, Boots and Whiskey brand, though. Right. 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 So me, dude, my, my life's a mess. I'm, I've got three. I manage all three Instagram accounts. 
you know, for Russell James, Aluminum Fishing, and Scarlet Drive. Yes. And I manage all the, the Facebook pages, too. Damn. <laughs> I, can't, I can't post as much as I want on all three of those pages. Like, I yeah. pick and choose. Like, I'm, I'm sorry. My, I got too many other shit going on to post all the time. So, yeah. you know, I'm a victim of what I'm, I guess I'm saying is I'm a victim of my own lack of self-promotion, <laughs> uh, which is exactly what some of my friends in the industry were telling me the other day. Because, you know, like I said, I've got friends. And, you know, when you have a good, solid core of uh, local musician friends, you know, it's basically like a, like a diary. You can just, you know, you'd be on a text thread and you can just air it all out and be like, okay, thanks for listening. You know, my event session is over. Right. And a lot of that is, Jesus, my numbers on stream and they're terrible. And I'm, I'm trying not to be so dramatic over the low numbers. Right. Cause I'm still proud of what I got. I just, right. you know, I don't, fucking, I don't fucking promote it. I don't, right. I expect people to go listen. It's like, that's not today's world anymore. Right. Uh, and you know, I just, I gotta be better at that, but you know, I'd rather put in energy to the live show because I, I feel like that's where most of the fun and create, create when creativity kind of meets the forefront. If you can't produce live what you're doing on an album, that's fake to me. Right. So, right. you know, I, uh, you know, at some point I'm, you know, hoping to, to lock up those live act of the year nominations for uh, for some of these local music awards. Yeah, I mean, that's, we had that a couple of years ago, but you know, I want to get back into that. And yeah. I think we're all on our way, especially with these new new originals. Uh, we're we're adding some new dynamics to the uh, to the live show. And you're gonna have to come out to see us uh, to, to figure out what I'm talking about. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing you guys in two weeks, and then the week after. You know, I'm 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 pretty psyched. I'm you know I'm really psyched. I'm you know, and I'm psyched to see everybody else too. You know, so it's you know yeah, it's should like be, should be good. Should be good. Yeah. You know, and it's all about building brands, right? That's what we're doing. Oh, dude, I wish I was good at it. The the, the fishing thing is okay because you know it's it's as big as my membership is. And I, right. I'm able to, to promote my memberships and the events pretty good. Um, but when it comes to the music, man, I'm just, I'm missing something. Um, you know, and I know just getting it out there is step one, but step two is, is putting it in front of people. Um, right. And I'm just not good at that. Oh, well. So, so be, you know, um, before we call it a night, I guess, you know, I, I have my cliche, stupid questions I ask everybody. Um, they're not stupid. They're not stupid. They're not, they're not, no, they're not. My answer is going to be stupid. I can tell you that. Uh, um, the, uh, the answers are pretty, you know, I know what they typically are before the, the questions even asked. Um, but if you're a whiskey drinker, what's your favorite? I am not, and Fireball is my favorite whiskey. <laughs> oh my god! Well, you well, thank you. You just won over the whole the uh, the basic white girl crowd, so I appreciate that. Uh, and that's like a Canadian whiskey. It's not even real whiskey. Right. It's not. I'm so I'm so embarrassed. Right. It's kind of like that meme. That meme that's right. like, oh, this 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 candle smells like Fireball, or other people call it. Something. 
God, that's uh, that's yeah. still funny to me. Whatever. But but I have a I have a reason. Let me get into it. I think people will will understand where I'm coming from if I tell this story. Do you mind? No, of course not. Of course I don't. All right. The first question, the first statement's going to be like people are going to roll their eyes. But I was a fraternity brother in college. Okay. Oh. <laughs> I know. I'm not. I'm not your stereotypical fraternity guy. But it was the hockey house, and I was a hockey player. So, you know, I joined because basically we were pressured to join the house. But yeah. while we were pledging, I didn't drink in high school. Let me let me say that first. Okay, I, I hated drinking. I, I hated people who did drink. I don't know why. But when I got to college is when I started drinking. Pledging was when I first started drinking. I wanted to be a dry pledge. I started socially drinking at parties. And my fraternity brothers were like, listen, if you're going to pledge dry, you cannot drink. So I'm like, okay, you know, I'll, I won't do dry anymore. And everybody went nuts. Whenever we were punished, <laughs> they made us drink Jim Beam whiskey. All right. Now, every time I smell any whiskey, it brings me back to chugging Jim Beam until I was throwing up. Okay. <laughs> that, it, I mean, that'll kill anybody's whiskey dreams. Oh, yeah. All right. And that's why I don't drink it. Because every time I smell it, I feel like I'm going to throw up. Fair enough. You know, that's how I feel with Bud Select. Because Bud Select came out the year I grew I want to say the year, the year I graduated high school. So it was cheap and that's what everybody could get because nobody gave mm-hmm. a shit. And yep. that summer was, that's, you know, that's all you drank. And I can't, I can't even look at it. I can't even look at that black logo. And it's, ugh, God, but yeah, I get it. What's your drink of choice now? Um, so it's, it's funny you ask because up until about, I don't know, I want to say just before I started this whole endeavor back in June, Mm -hmm. um, I hated whiskey, hated it. I didn't like the taste. I didn't like anything about it. And then we went to barrels and boards out in Easton, Stoughton, wherever the hell it is. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, their big thing is whiskey. So the group of people I was with, they were like, oh, let's do this flight and this flight. And I was like, like, well, you know, peer oh, pressure, wow. I guess. The whiskey? Yeah. Well, well, right. So, so I tried it. Whoa, I, was like, oh. I was like, oh, this isn't too bad. This isn't too bad. And, you know, my wife has always been a big Jack person. You know, she loves Jack. She, you know, it, every time we go out, it's Jack and diet or whatever, whatever, whatever she's drinking. Oh, and so even even when we went to Nashville a few years ago, I like I was like, you know what, I'm going to try whiskey in the place that it's made, and nope, couldn't do it. Um, <laughs> so so now now I'm a big Jack drinker. You know, I used to be a big beer guy, but I get too full on it. You know, and if I yeah. want to drink for an extended period of time, you know, whiskey and the hard alcohols, as I've gotten older, have just been easier to drink longer than than beers. I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm on my second beer right now, and I'm like, I feel bloated. Like, yeah, right. Like, I mean, I, I make a, you know, so my drink of choice, if I'm drinking, I have two. I have okay. um, Jack and Lemonade, which is, you okay. know. Interesting. interesting. It, it's a Lynchburg Lemonade. It's delicious. It's fantastic. All right, all right, all right. Um, what or, kind of glass are we throwing that in? 
Um, the biggest one I can find. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because it's you know it's half Jack and then half lemonade. You know, whatever. This isn't a this is a judgment free zone here. I know, uh, I know. <laughs> but if the other whiskey drink I really like is what they call a Godfather. Where it's, um, you know, I use Jack because Jack for me is just always consistent. It's always, always the same. Mm-hmm. Um, it's that and amaretto. So you get okay. that, okay. you get that smoky, and you get that sweet taste, and it's, whew, those are dangerous. Um, right. Yeah. What if it's what if it's not whiskey? What, what you um, if it's not whiskey, you know, really probably whatever light beer is available um you know growing up in massachusetts you know sam has always been like the staple mm-hmm. um so you know i like the sam seasonals and and that sort of thing i tried to get into ipas and uh, micro brews and all that last year during the pandemic when i had all this extra money lying around <laughs> and uh <laughs> it just got too expensive and too you know i didn't like it enough to keep keep up with it did you? Yeah, the IPA is on for me. Like, I'm I'm not a hoppy guy. It's no, bitter for me. No, but if if you like that type of stuff, and I I, I don't drink it a lot because again, it's it's just heavy. Yeah. But New, New England IPAs I'm finding a lot from some of the brewers around are really good. Yeah. Yeah. Those, yeah, because they're a little lighter. They're not as correct. They're, they're not, not as bitter. As, right. They're not as a much of a meal in a in a liquid form than <laughs> most IPAs are. Yeah, I'm gonna have this. This is my last one tonight, and I'm gonna go try to do the Peloton to work off some of the calories. Yeah, yeah. What? Uh, uh, all right, let me let me ask you a few questions. Okay, all right. Let me ask you a few more. What? Uh, who's who's been your? If you can't answer, you got a drink. Who's been your worst interview? <laughs> my, who's been my worst <laughs> interview? I'm, I'm pulling. Uh, what uh, is it? Uh, it's tell or eat. What's that Jim James Corden skit where he eats like weird shit if you don't? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You know <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, you can plead the fifth. It's okay. I'll just owe you a shot at the Michael Ray show. Yeah. Oh hell yeah. So so this is what I'll tell you. Okay, I'll tell <laughs> you because only you'll know based on our conversation. Okay. Okay. Over the last few days, um, the when we were when we were texting earlier the what the first interview you told me you were listening to that was mm-hmm. probably the most brutal okay okay and you're oh, i don't want to say best forget it no no it's okay it's always more fun no, uh, best, what the, no i'll, I'll answer best i don't all right, okay. all right go uh, ahead so best other than this one obviously um <laughs> How are we? How are we measuring best? Most fun? Most interesting? Most? So for me, best is always more fun. Um, always the most fun. The most fun I've had in an interview was with Lauren King. She's a okay. up and comer out of Rhode Island. Nice. Okay. Yeah. She was just bubbly. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'm gonna she, listen to one this week. Yeah, she was bubbly. She was fun. It was like talking to somebody I had known my whole life, and I had just met her. Sweet. Nice. Best stories? Um, I don't know. She does a lot of things in like Southern Rhode Island and that that area, East Greenwich, yeah. Narragansett. But the one with the best stories, uh, Monty Byram. Really? 
Yeah. Oh my God. You want to hear some good stories, Russ? Listen to yes, that. Yes, I do. <laughs> Listen to that one. Um, and, like, uh, are they gig, gig stories, personal stories? Yeah. Like stories? Well, well, he was the lead singer for Big House uh, mm-hmm. at the late 90s when they had their run. Um, he was mm-hmm. in Eddie Money's band. He had written a bunch of Eddie Money's big hits. He, uh, what else is he? Oh, he was the, uh, he fronted the Buckaroos after Buck Owens died for 13 years. Gotcha. Yeah. So how'd you connect with him? Uh, he messaged me out of the blue on Instagram. and was like, Hey, I want to be on your show. Oh, I love that. Love yeah. It. And then, so he connected me with, um, See, this you're, guy. Already, you're already making a name for yourself. People are I reaching guess, out to you. I guess so. But he, he, so it all started because George Dukas was like the first interview I ever did. Yep. Um, and so Monty reached out through him and then I've also been in contact and I shouldn't probably say this out loud, but whatever it's, it's in the works. Um, Merle Haggard's long time, all, all best friend, his whole life and his bus driver just wrote a book and his name is, uh, Raymond McDonald and he's reached out and wants to come on the show too. Beauty. Well, right. I mean, you can edit. You can edit this out if you find out after the fact that you can't. You can't say that. You can just edit it out. Yeah, no, I'm. I'm whatever. I don't. I don't do the edit game. Because um, what I don't know how. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. So those have been my highlights so far in the you know this the you know five weeks or so we've been really grinding this out. All right. Let, let me ask you this: Who's uh? If I opened up your playlist right now, non-local country. I'm talking like just music in general. Who are your, uh, who's on your playlist? Um, so it's funny. The only things that are on my playlist right now is country. And that's been kind of a constant over the last five, six years. Is that basically because, you know, you're kind of doing your research or is that because your tastes have moved over to. No, my taste. Yeah. My tastes have really kind of moved, you know, my musical tastes have always kind of moved. Um, you know, in high school, I was big into metal and corn and, system of a down and you know ozzy and you know all those odds fest kind of kind of bands and then um after i stopped hating my parents because <laughs> you know i'm a teenager and that's just what you do um mm-hmm. and went to college i was big into the jam bands the the dead the grateful uh the grateful dead um dave matthews oar fish you know those kind of bands and then oh, dude, once the guy who taught me, my one of my best friends, uh, I grew up in with college. He taught me how to play guitar. He is the biggest Trey Anastasio fan. Oh, right, biggest, I, biggest I, fan. Um, yeah, he actually plays in a Grateful Dead acoustic tribute band. Oh, that's cool. Next, next time they're playing, I'll let you know. Maybe we can head out. Yeah, it was supposed to play in Reading last Friday, um, but it ended up getting canceled because of the weather. But if they're around again. He's, he, he lives in Natick, so. They don't oh, play a ton, but if they are, I'll let you know. Yeah. If you're absolutely. still kind of like, if it, if it makes you feel nostalgic. You know, oh, yeah. Like, no, I, I still love all that kind of music. It's just not at the forefront of the, you know. And then it's, you know, and then country music kind of came in once I met my wife and life started to settle down and the kids and the house, and my career, and it just, it, it resonated a little more. There you go. There you go. So. What, and I think, I, did I ask you this before? What, what do you do for um, I I do sales for a major hotel brand in the city of Boston. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah. 
Yep, that's that's my that's my uh, that's my salaried gig, I guess. <laughs> I can't think of yeah, that. Yeah. Are you guys all remote? Are you fully remote? No, no, no. I'm in the office every day. Uh, you are nice. Yeah, I, I have not nice. <laughs> not no, nice. <laughs> like I I try to ask for a day home a month, just to kind of you know, but you know, I the property I'm at, I'm still kind of new there, so yeah. I think they want me in more often than I'm not there, so. I've been doing hotel sales almost three years. Um, okay. I was laid off during the during the great great mm-hmm. wash of 2020, and uh, mm-hmm. you know, but it kind of worked out because we had just had a baby at the end of 2019, so I was able to be home with him for like his whole first year, which was really nice. Oh, beauty! Awesome. Yeah, yeah, it was good. Yeah, yeah. So you must have had a busy September then. This past September? Yeah. 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 Um, Yeah, September was really kind of crazy. You know, we're kind of leveling off now because, you know, even though it it looks as if this Delta variant has kind of worked its way through uh, based based solely on the numbers, um, Mm -hmm. you know, it's also that time of year where there's a lull of, of yeah, travel. Yeah, so, you know, we don't expect to get busy again until after the first of the year. Gotcha. Yeah. Are you into like the, the wedding event sales stuff? Yeah. Um, I do. I do pretty much the, um, the rooms. Um, so okay. if, okay. you know, if, if, if a group needs rooms and a meeting space or whatever, then yes. Um, when it comes okay. to like weddings and events, we have another girl that that's great. And she does that. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Nice. What else you want to know? <laughs> Let me see. Favorite local venue. Favorite local venue. Um, yep. I would have to say my favorite local small venue is probably the Dice. The Dice? Yeah. That's what I call it. You don't call it the dice? No. Oh. What what is the dice? Paradise. Oh. <laughs> oh I've always I've always called it the dice. I thought that was a thing. I guess uh-huh. not. I will now. <laughs> yeah, well no. Nope. Nope. Never doing that again. That is that is one of my faves. Yeah. I haven't been there in a while. Um I but, last time I was actually there. Funny story, I actually saw Cadillac Three. That was the last time I was there. When they came around, I think it was like eighteen. So I'm going to, I'm going to throw a twist on that. That is my favorite local indoor venue. Okay. My, my actual favorite outdoor venue. And I'm not just saying this is Indian ranch. It is a cool vibe over there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with you on that. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's still far away from me. Well, it's so close for me that I think I kind of, you know, yeah. it's really only 20 minutes from here. So it's awesome. You yeah. know, show mm. gets out at four four o'clock. I'm home by four thirty. Yeah, true, very true. I love that lake too. I've I've fished a couple tournaments on that lake. Yeah, yeah. There's a yeah. lot of big tournaments on that lake. A lot of a lot of good fishermen. Yeah, but yeah, it's a it's a good place. Good stage. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, it, I mean, it looks it from you know from the crowd. It looks it looks fun. You know, and it, it blows my mind. You know, th- that venue just blows my mind for the. For the named acts it gets to go through there. 
you know, they only started doing those like national country acts recently, probably over the last five years, I want to say, at least this many. Right. They, they used to have a bunch of no names there. I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. Well, because I know yeah. Charlie Daniels used to come through every year. Like that yeah. was the big, that was the big thing, you know. Again, it was a lot of that older crowd type stuff. Um, but now they've seen the opportunity that is, you know, country artists that have one or two hits that can't fill a stadium. They need right. somewhere to play, right? And that's a phenomenal venue to to host, you know, a Kip Moore or a Chris right. Jansen or, or something like that, you know? Right, right. And they're still big enough names where it's going to draw a crowd. It's going to draw and it's it's big enough that ticket sales will be able to cover an artist's rider, an artist's cost. Right. Uh, so artists can come in and still make their money, still, you know, sell out a venue. Because I think they're, what, 3,000? I think it was 3,000 capacity or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think we're going to see start seeing that a lot more. I think there's uh, a few more venues that are going to go up that are in that two to two to 4,000 person capacity. Right. You know, and I think just that because also... Every, just because everybody's a, uh, you know, one or two hit wonder right now because it's all singles. Right. So if we, if we go back to our earlier conversation with about albums versus singles, there's no celebrity, there's no like huge stars that are being born right now. No. Because of the, the social media aspect of everything. It's, it's one song here, one song there. So, right. you know, you'll have an artist come out with two songs that are number ones. They're not superstars. Right. You know, Luke Combs is the last one that I can think of that's actually like has right. crushed it from the superstar point of view. But some of these guys, you'd be surprised to know that I've learned over the years. How many guys have five or six number ones? They can't sell out a stadium. They're still right. playing these, the House of Blues or, you know, like Indian Ranch or uh, like Big Night Live. That would be a fun one to play at, at some point if, if, uh, if an artist came in there. Yeah. Like, it's just crazy. There's such a, and people are recognizing it. Now, there's an opportunity to, to have those venues and have them sell out every time with, you know, a country star or, you know, some sort of social media act that can sell out a 3,000 seat room. Right. You it's know, nice. I think I think you're absolutely right, because you think about even in country music, as big as it is, right, in, in the echelon right now in the last, you know, 10 years or so, you know, how many how many acts in the last 10 years, you could probably name it on you could probably list them on one hand. How many are like superstars? Yeah. The only one that comes to mind is Luke Combs right now. Who right. else you got? Right. You got, right. Do you know anybody else off the top of your head? I, I mean, I think Kenny Chesney only because he comes here and sells out two nights every year. But that could also just be a, a, a New England thing now, you know? But, but I'm, I'm talking about artists that are new. Right. Like that are new within right. the last 10 years. Kenny Chesney's been around since the friggin' 90s. Right, right. So, He's been around forever. So any new artists that have been around for maybe five or six years, are any of them superstars? No. no I can't no. think of any besides Luke Holmes. That's right. It. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. yeah. It is crazy. It's absolutely insane. Huh. Yes, no. And like crazy. there's, there's, there's bands that are big, you know, and have a following. But just, you're right, just not at that point to sell out, you know, the Garden or Gillette for one night, let alone two. Correct. I think, you know what, I think the only person that could possibly do it right now in country music, other than Luke, is Eric Church. 
I would consider him a superstar, though, that's been around for 20 years. Okay. Okay. I wouldn't say he's new at all because he's had, I mean, look at his friggin' discography. He's got a ton of music. You know, right. he's got albums that, that date back at least 10 years. Right. So he, wouldn't know, really, he wouldn't really fit the, the criteria of what I'm trying to ask. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Because I remember seeing him, you know, at Showcase Live to, you know, when that was still around in Foxborough for, you know, a couple hundred people when he first started. You know, mm-hmm. so yeah, 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 you're actually, yeah, damn, there's no superstars. There's a lot of stars, but there's no superstars. Correct. There's a lot of B's and C's, but no A's. Right. Right. It's nuts. But B's and C's can sell out two to 3,000 rooms, no problem. You know, and, and everybody's happy. Yeah. Yeah. Dive bars, dive bars, as, as Gus first we call it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't even get me started on fucking Garth. I'm still pissed off at him, but the cancel and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah he kind of started all too. Yeah, I think I think he, him. you know, not not to be this person in derogatory, but I think he shot his load a little too soon. But I think I do, and only because you know he he makes up these things where it's like, oh well, you know, like all these venues have these precautions now of whether it's vaccinations or negative tests, and it's like. You could have, you know, you canceled this in middle of August. You, you know, now we're at that point where venues are doing that. You know, it could have, it could have been done. But I think I'm just bitter because I had such great seats. I think, Garth, something about it seems calculated to me. Yeah. That Because he was the first one to do it. I bet he wanted to be the first one to do it. Right. Then, right. And then... He's the only one to do it because then when his his tour comes around again, people are gonna it's it's supply and demand, right? So right. there's gonna be so much demand when he comes around again. It's inevitably he's gonna freaking do well again. So I right, think it was very something that that level is always calculated. Right, because you know even the even the Gillette show like it wasn't sold out. It wasn't even close. Yeah, you know I remember you know like two weeks after the tickets went on sale, there was still like two or three thousand tickets left. You know, and that's that's nuts. I wonder if they consider that a sellout. Usually, they consider it a sellout less than actual capacity. But oh, really? Sometimes. Huh. Interesting. Interesting. But you know, we had the we have me and my wife had Kenny Kenny seats, and we're like sandbar. You know, we'd be right down front. Yeah, I can't do that. Too old. Yeah. Can't stand there all day. Oh yeah, it's gonna be. I'm gonna need like two days to recover. But yeah, you know, it was canceled two years in a row. <laughs> Who was right. still deferring? You know, right. we, these are hefty tickets. You know, we spent a lot of money for these tickets, and now we may not even get the same lineup because he's he's changing his right. tour around. Yeah, but and you know what? Why did George Lyon and Old Dominion were in that? Those are like two of my favorite bands. You're a Florida Georgia Line fan, dude. I saw House of Blues when they had only like two singles out. Wow, I I, I love their early stuff. Uh, What's their first album? Good Times or something? What is it? Yeah. Uh, I forget what their first album was called. It's killing me because it's one of the albums I can listen to front to back. Their first See, album. like, it's funny because oh, to me... Here's to the good times. Here's to the good times. To me, they are the nickelback of country music. They are now. All their stuff lately is flopping. Yeah. But go back and listen to that Here's to the Good Times album. I mean, that rewrote the book on Bro Country, right? So... Yeah. 
I even love Anything Goes. Some of that music is, yeah, albeit probably a little bit Nickelbackish, but I still love it. Uh, you know, it didn't get much radio play, but, um, you know, that Here's to the Good Times album, dude, it's, it's phenomenal. Phenomenal. Uh, maybe I'll have to check it out. Yeah. Maybe it's, I'll have, I, I have it on my iTunes. I've been on a, on, a, on a flight. That's one of the ones I can listen to front to back. Same with Old Dominion. Yeah, yeah oh, I yeah. love Old Dominion. I, they're great. Their first two albums. Uh, front to back. Unbelievable. Yeah. 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 There's some, there's, and that's what I love, right? Where bands that used to put out al- full albums, like there's songs on those albums that are even better than the, than the singles. Yeah, I agree. I agree. But they're not commercial friendly, right? They're, right. they're the, you know, guys like me and you who like those right. things. So. Right. What's, uh, what do you think is the worst song on country radio right now? Um, you know, it's funny because I haven't listened to country radio in a while because I've been, I've been doing this and listening to so many, um, newer people. Um, I do the same. Yeah, I don't know. But every once in a while I'm I'm in the know and, you know, with all the new playlists and everything. And yeah, the, um, the last song I remember, the the last song I really remember country music wise that came out that I didn't like was that. Blake Shelton, Gwen Stefani song that came out. Oh, dude, I hate them. Uh, oh, my God. I literally want to puke in my soup every time they come on. Yeah. You know, God's Country was good by Blake. Everything else has been trash. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's all just horrible commercial shit. Yeah. Yeah. And Blake was used to be one of those people that was like, oh, that's a, that's a country song. And now it's like, what the fuck was yeah. that? I mean, I, I hear he's a good dude. But, you know, his music is... Stuff yeah. Stuff. Um, for me, <laughs> the worst song on the radio right now <laughs> is friggin' John Party, Tequila Little Time With You. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, I've heard that one. It's, but he's another one that, that has had some good songs. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah, he's another one that could fill up a, a 3,000 room or House of Blues, but couldn't do a stadium. Right, right. But, dude, that song is an absolute joke. It's an absolute well, joke. He's trying to too hard, play on words. Like, I want, ugh, I, I can't listen to it. Yeah, I'll it's, have to. Uh, nails on a chalkboard for me. I'll have to go back and listen to that one. Because I, mm. I don't, I I know of the song. I just don't, can't, I couldn't sing it to you. I mean, you wouldn't want me to anyway, but. I want to keep a little time with you. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't oh. even sing it. Oh, here's a here's a question for you. Who is your favorite right now? Like, I don't want to say you know star, but like up and comer that that is like catching you just just the right way. Ooh, I need some time to think about that one. I don't right. really know. I have so there's, there's a there's a few that have. I gotta look at my. If I like close this app, will it still run? I don't know. As long as, as, long as I don't hit finish recording, because I can look at Spotify right now. I don't so know. It worked. It, it worked. Okay. So, <laughs> so, so my I have three. Oh uh, yeah, hit me while I'm looking. My three are Travis Denning. Yep. Drew Parker. Yep. And and Ray Fulcher. So Drew Parker, his EP is awesome. Love it. Yeah. Um. I don't know much about Ray. 
Although I've heard of them. Yeah, Ray's, to them Ray's good. Um, you know who's really good is uh, Muscadine Bloodline. Okay, yeah, yeah. I love those guys. Um, who else we got? One second, one second. Yeah, dude, I'm kind of all over the place with music. Like it's, I throw on, you know, new Nashville Next playlists and I just kind of listen, listen, listen. Um, yeah, I, I do too. I, I never really, if I, if something catches my eye, rarely am I one to like add it to a playlist. I just, yeah. you know, like it and I, I look it up. Um, if I'm looking at, so if I go to the new music playlist now, what do we got? I will say, the guys that surprised me singing-wise are Braylon and uh, Blanco Brown. Those guys have pipes. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know, the other person I'm really digging right now is Larry Fleet. Yeah. Love, love that guy. Yeah, that, that, that's a country album that just came out this past week did it come out yeah. he had that he had that single um where i found god right yeah i love that song very catchy very very catchy um you know, i've low-key always been a dirk bentley fan um oh i love dirk I, I, I just think he's a lot of fun yeah I think he'd be cool to hang out, hang out with yeah i saw him do out. i saw him at showcase live do his you know his catalog at the time, all bluegrass. It was awesome. That's right. Yeah, I wasn't a huge fan of that album, but I can understand why he did it. No, oh uh, yeah, yeah. The album itself wasn't great, but he even did like his radio hits in the style, and it was it was it was pretty good. Sweet. Um, I was oh stack of records. That's right. I got to check that. Yeah, out. yeah. It's um, great. I've 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 always been you know on the pop side of things. I've always been a Charlie Puth fan, um, and then. Someone I, I I started loving over the last few years was Fillmore. I love that guy. He's got some jams. Yeah. Yeah, the pop um, world. I'm not. I'm not too. I'm not too versed in it. The last pop, um, the last pop artist I really liked was Adele. And uh, she's coming out with something this year, isn't she? Or is it next year? Yeah. Yeah. I think it, like the week after Taylor releases re-releases Red. No, oh, that's right. Yeah, I can't. I personally can't wait for that. She was one of the most entertaining shows I've ever seen in my entire life. Taylor Swift, really? Yeah. Oh man. Oh, she was great. Oh, I know. I know. My brother loves her. Oh, she's. Oh. He keeps trying to push her music on me. Especially her, her, uh, her little songwriting, like uh, it was a documentary, I believe it was, and it was actually really pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. She's she's fantastic. Um. So yeah. So what else do we yeah. got? That's, that's all I can. I mean, so in case you know, in case you couldn't like pick it out, like I love. I've been a pop guy for a very long time. I listen to everything. So all the cover bands I was in when I was growing up in like two thousands, and like I was in like three cover bands. It was all top forty. It was never a country cover band. So I was singing all the rap, all the rock, all the 
um, the 90s, Blink-182s. I was doing all the 80s, you know, stuff. I was doing a bunch of rap. Um, so that's always been in me, which is why yeah. a lot of the music that you're hearing, it's not traditional country, which is put that way. Yeah, um, no, there's, that, a lot, that's... there's a lot of pop production aspects to it, which is what I love. But that's also just... country music too, right now. True, true, yeah, I agree. But yeah, you're gonna you're gonna see a lot more of that coming coming soon. So it's, uh, awesome. Trying to add a lot of lot of lot of music within the next year, just because I want to. <laughs> yeah, you got to do what you like, man. Absolutely. I mean, I, I just want people to understand it and have fun with it, and you know, I want to at least have something to promote. You know, as as far as um, you know, licensing deals and that type of thing. So, cause it, you know, that stuff's pretty can be pretty lucrative if uh, if you get in with the right people. And, um, you know, just for some fun money. That's pretty much it. You yep. know, and then just uh, you know, self gratification really, and. Uh, you know, just keep uh, keep meeting people like you, and you know, just basically have fun with it while while well, lasting. It's it's not well, a job; so it's not stressful for us. You know what I mean? So right. At least we don't feel like it is right now, and that's, well, that's the way good. I prefer it. Well, like I said, I'm here for you. So appreciate it, my brother. As appreciate long as you. you're going, I'm I'm here. So. <laughs> as long as this these voice this voice holds up and this body holds up. <laughs> I gotta start doing sit-ups. Too many beers. Yeah, you know it, it happened. <laughs> All right, my man. I I, gotta, right. I gotta lock it up. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta put my kid to bed. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm sure I'll get a message later, being like, "Hey, thanks." So I'll be like, "I would do it." I would do it. Nice. Because I already got the I already got the text message from my wife with the middle finger. I was like, "Sorry." <laughs> nice. Oh boy. <laughs> Yeah, whatever. Uh, you know, I told you, man, I can I can talk. We could go two hundred minutes on this if you want. Yeah. Oh God. That that'll be for episode two. Episode two. We'll love it. And we'll get uh we'll get some of the other band members in so we can be the second band you have on uh, on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Here's your dig of the night. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks. No problem. All right, man. Oh, throw my phone. All right. Did I, did I lose you? Are you still there? No, I'm still here. I'm good. All right, cool. I, my phone just flew out of my hand. So, all right. Let's. Uh, I mean, this is the longest interview ever. You got damn right. So you got damn right. And it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed our conversation. So I thank you for that. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So this will be out in the next, you know, a couple of days or so. You know. Yeah, your, your turnover time is phenomenal. Yeah. I mean, I try, I have so many lined up that it's like, you know, if I did, if I released one or two a week based on the schedule over the next couple of, you know, till the end of the year, like I wouldn't have to record anything until like next April. And I don't really want to do that. Why? Take a break, man. Uh, well, yeah. Or, or space them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I might. Let, let people, you got to let people, you know, digest one before the next one's out yeah yeah that's that's kind of been my my thought you know and maybe maybe i'll start doing that but i also don't want to get you know i have all this backup and be like oh shit yeah that's true true. (laughs) you know but yeah i think i'm gonna go ahead 
I was going to say, I, I thought about doing like Mondays and Fridays or Tuesdays and Thursday, you know, Monday and Thursday releasing. And, but it's like some of these conversations, like I just want, I want, I, I want other people to hear too. <laughs> so it's, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's, it's crazy. You know, especially with some of the people I have coming on, like, you know, they're people I'm yeah. excited about. So it's, yeah, you'll, you'll get some traction with those people. definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Which will hopefully so, give, you know, Give traction to some of these other people too. Right. They just want to keep working. Right. Because right. um, not to give too much away, but one of the one of those up and comers that I really like, mm-hmm. um, his drummer is going to be on Monday. Oh, sweet. So I'm really looking forward to that one because I'm hoping that's that might be one that kind of pushes some things. Okay. Okay. I wonder yeah. if my producer would want to jump on. Yeah. Hell yeah. Anytime. Like Grady down in Nashville. Yeah, anytime. I, I, know, I know he's starting to do some podcasts promoting. Yeah. He's not really a big self-promoter. I know he's doing some. Yeah. Um, he'd be yeah, a good one to have. He's, he's connected. Yeah, absolutely. I, any Anybody. Anybody in the industry I want to talk to. <laughs> All right. My my wife's giving me the eyes. So. All right. Yeah, I'm, I got to get out of here. All right, All right man. man. Hey, we'll do this again. Hell and, yeah. Uh, we'll chat soon. Okay. Thank you, brother. Thanks, man. Well, there you have it, everybody. Um, I hope everybody <laughs> enjoyed those two hours because I know I did. Um, a lot of fun there. Um, and I look forward to seeing Russell at Urban Country Jam in two weeks or three weeks now. Um, at Michael Ray at Six String in two weeks or less than that now. Um, we got a few things we're going to be pushing this week. Chris Jansen. At Indian Ranch, Martin and Kelly is opening, and Jake and Jenny are going to be on the side stage. You're not going to want to miss that show at all. Um, There are still some tickets available, so get those before they're gone. It is the last show of the 75th anniversary season at Indian Ranch in Webster, Massachusetts. So jump in on those. Um, we got some great interviews coming up this week that you're not going to want to miss. Again... The Instagram, Facebook, love is awesome, at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Twitter, at Boots Whiskey. YouTube, TikTok, all at Boots and Whiskey Podcast. Um, send me an email if you want to. Venmo if you'd like to. All shout-outs will be had. Thank you again so much for all the love and support. Keep those boots on the ground, the whiskey in the glass. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.